ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome into the Tuesday, May 10th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to open up the phone line and text line for you this hour. We'll do the text first. 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. We're going to be using the phone line here in just a few moments. We've got coming up on the program here. Head coach of the Marshall softball team, Megan Smith-Lyon. A lot of softball news came out today. We already had planned on having her on the show today. Of course, Hurd's getting ready to face off either against the five-seed FAU or the eight-seed UTSA Conference USA Softball Championship. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about several awards and honors that Sidney Nestor earned today. Allie Harrell. Sage High, Autumn Owen, Maya Stevenson, all getting different honors from the conference today. So we'll go over all of that with Coach. So congratulations to all those players mentioned. That's going to be huge for softball. Going into the Sun Belt, you can keep keep that kind of momentum going. You're going to be all right in softball when you go into the Sun Belt. We can't focus on that, though. we got to look ahead. The Conference USA, that's coming up starting tomorrow for the Thundering Herd. Megan Smith-Lyon coming up here in the next few minutes. So I'm looking forward to talking to her. I'm excited. Hopefully this is going to be a nice long run for the Thundering Herd. Now, we got to get caught up on some things. Before we talk to her, a couple of things I want to get going with you. First of all, Yesterday, Huntington City Council approving the allocations for the remainder of the city's $40 million in American Rescue Plan funds. And part of that was $7 million to Marshall University for costs, which will be related to the Marshall University baseball stadium. Now, Huntington Mayor Steve Williams previously proposed giving funds to the university to clear the future site of the stadium or for the stadium. And... City Council giving $7 million. I've got coming up on Thursday. i got to get her on and off the air because she's also a, a soccer parent. Holly Mount Smith, Huntington City Council chairperson, she's going to join me on Thursday. I'm going to get sort of an idea what Huntington City Council ultimately was thinking as they approved these funds, the whole process, why this is possible, you know, how this qualifies. So I'm going to pick her brain a little bit. We're going to talk to her on Thursday. But $7 million, that's going to help. And we'll then talk to hopefully next week. It's fluid again, but at least it's back on maybe the schedule. Marshall Athletic Director Christian Spears. So we'll definitely follow up with him as far as how this baseball stadium is progressing, what these funds mean. Are we going to be breaking ground soon? Do we have a an ultimate decision on the true location of the ballpark? What's going to be included? What are we cutting out? What are we doing here? He talked a lot about materials, looking at the plans, kind of seeing why this was costing so much. What can you cut from this? Well, there are probably things you can redo. We're going to see what the plans are eventually, but hopefully next week, if we can make it work, we'll have Christian Spears on, Marshall's athletic director, and we can finally talk about this ballpark a little bit further. But $7 million coming up 
to help make this a reality. Speaking of baseball, in action right now, Hurd is on the road taking on Moorhead State. Unfortunately for the Herd, one win in its last six games. Marshall stands at 20-26-1. There are some highlights this season, though. I mean, Luke Edwards has been pretty good as of late, has a seven-game hitting streak. Uh, he has at least one hit in 20 of his last 21 starts. And so right now, he's your, he's your standout. He leads the team in batting average, hits, runs scored, RBIs, and homers. Hopefully, Hurd can hang on to him. Hopefully, the Hurd can keep him happy. And hopefully, a baseball park is in his future. I don't know. It just depends on how fast this thing can be built. I don't know. But Edwards has been doing pretty good right now. So, coming up today, probably getting started here as we speak, Marshall taking on Moorhead State. Uh, this is going to be part of Marshall's final non-conference schedule. Both of Marshall's two final non-conference games of the season are going to be against Moorhead State. Hopefully the Herd can get some wins, build some momentum. It's still possible the Herd can get into that eight slot. It's still possible. Mathematically speaking, it's still possible. Herd hasn't been eliminated yet. Let's hope that that's not going to be the case. The Herd can actually stave off elimination and maybe get a little hot and go on a win streak. Getting healthy against Moorhead State would help some of that. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Hopefully the herd comes out victorious with the game today. And, of course, as we mentioned, softball is coming up starting tomorrow. First round of the Conference USA Tournament. Going to take on the winner of FAU versus UTSA. Who do we want to see? we want to see the herd take on FAU or do we want to see the herd take on UTSA? I know Coach is not going to answer that question. Marshall has not seen UTSA. And Marshall has a 2-1 record this season against FAU. Do you take the team you know, or do you take the team you don't know? That's the question there. Interesting enough, this will not be, I don't think, that far of a stretch for the Herd to make it to the championship game. Marshall has already seen similar success under Coach Megan Smith-Lyon. Let's hope that the herd can maybe revisit some of that success. So she's coming up in the next few minutes. We're going to talk to her. Now, we're also down the line here, going to try to get on before he leaves. Marshall University Athletic Director Jason Corrier. reason I want to get him on is because today it was announced that he is accepting a position to take on the strategic communications position. He is going to be with Tulane now as assistant associate, yeah, assistant athletic director for strategic communications. Found that out earlier. Now, I'm excited for Jason. He has been with Marshall for a long time, since 2011. He was with Marshall. He started at Marshall right when I became unemployed. So I became unemployed, and then Jason takes the job. And I have to start building some credibility because I didn't know at that time, okay, would I remain unemployed or would I find a place to continue my career, at least in this medium? Thankfully, the answer was, yes, I was able to continue my career. It's a great landing spot. I'm not just saying that. So I've been fortunate for the past 
think we're going like 11 years or so. So Jason is going to be leaving. And I hate that for one reason, because he's done such a fantastic job. His family have become huge members of the herd community. Uh, Jason has been someone that, you know, I don't just talk to him uh, about issues with Marshall University. He's someone I can actually talk to. You know, I consider him a friend, not just a colleague, someone I work with, someone who facilitates a lot of things for me at Marshall University. He's someone that, you know, I can definitely lean on if I need to. Someone I can ask an honest opinion. And I think that uh, he's been someone who's had a true love for Marshall University ever since he took the position with him and his family becoming really all in. You can see his wife and his uh, son at several herd events all the time. So they're all in. This isn't just another job. So Jason's going to probably bring that energy to Tulane. So I hate that he's leaving only because it's a huge loss for Marshall. Hopefully the person that will assume that job full-time in the future will understand there are some pretty big shoes to fill. And so we all are excited for Jason leaving, and um, i got to break in a new SID now. The official title is Assistant Athletic Director for Communications, but, you know, Sports Information Director. i got to break in a new one now. I just got this one broken, and i got to go get a new one broken in. All right, we'll figure that out. Megan Smith-Lyon joins me on the other side of our break. We will talk about Conference USA tournament action. We will talk about all the hardware coming home to the herd. We'll do that when we continue on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Today's pretty profitable day if you start counting all the honors and awards that Marshall softball players have been bestowed, they earned. We have to start at the top. Marshall pitcher Sidney Nestor honored as all-academic team. That's the huge one right there. You always want that one. All-conference first team, newcomer of the year, pitcher of the year, which I knew that was going to happen. That was just a no-brainer. Welcome back to The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Allie Harrell, Sage High, Autumn Owen, Maya Stevenson, all earning awards as well. And we want to welcome to the program now the head coach of the Marshall softball team, Megan Smith-Lyon. I think we should start there. Uh, you're going to have to, again, we've, we've joked about this. You're going to have to build another award shelf for all these things that your players keep earning. And uh, I know you gladly will go to Menard's Target or wherever and get some new shelves. Yeah, I mean, it was a big day for us. And, you know, hopefully we're just getting started with earning some hardware. Let's talk first about Sydney. Um, I think we all saw a picture of the year coming, probably newcomer of the year as well. Uh, we all saw, honestly, you probably saw all of these coming. There was no doubt in your mind, I'm sure, any of these honors she received today. Yeah, you know, I mean, we have some great talent in the conference. This is the strongest the conference has been since I've been at Marshall, and that's four years. Um, you know, so you never know, but obviously I get to scour through the stats and, and look and vote for all conference players. And, you know, I felt uh, I felt pretty confident that we were going to get some names called. And, you know, we're just we're just tickled for our players. I mean, they put in a lot of work. Um, they've, you know, sacrificed so much and worked so hard. And it's just nice to see them be recognized for their accomplishments. 
What does this mean for Sydney to, to have all of these awards come her way? Um, I know you still probably have to keep her focused on the, the ultimate prize, but I'm sure this builds a lot of confidence for her. Or is she someone that, great, I have all of these. I'm not about that. I'm about something else. She's about something else. I mean, I think if you were talking to her right now, um, you know, she would probably be appreciative of those awards, but her focus and her goal is to win a conference championship. And, you know, she says that to anyone that asks her. I mean, that's that's why she's here is, um, is to compete to win a conference championship. And, you know, like I said, I'm sure she's honored by it. We're, we're excited for her and, and excited for all of our all-conference players, but – you know, our mission is to compete to win a championship this week, and that's what we're all focused on. Yeah, Allie and Sage, all-conference first team. Autumn and Maya, all-conference second team. You put them all together, and you hope that you've got the team to beat in the tournament. You're going in as the four seed. How are you feeling about where you're at and what that road looks like? Well, you know, I mean, I feel really good about um, how we finished at North Texas that last game. I felt like we bounced back and – um, and really, you know, showed what we're all about. Sydney gutted out a great performance in the circle after a great team has already seen her once, and our offense battled and, and you know, pushed through and, and scored quite a bit in that last game. So I feel good about that, and that win got us that fourth spot. And being in the top four is a big deal in the tournament. You know, it gives us um, the opportunity day one to only have to play one game, and, you know, I, I, that's huge for us. You know, I, I think – that win um, on Sunday really helped set us up um, to have the best possible chance to compete to win the conference championship. I don't know if you have a preference or not, but I'll ask it this way. What's going to be more challenging once you know your opponent, a team you've seen and has seen you or a team that you haven't faced yet, or is it doesn't matter. Each has its own challenge and you just got to be ready. Yeah, they they each have their own challenge, and we've been as a staff we've been talking about this. We've um, spent the last few days, um, you know, reviewing film, reviewing the film from FAU earlier, and then watching film from UTSA, who we haven't seen since my first year at Marshall. Um, but there's challenges to both. You know, um, FAU's a great team; they have great pitching. They've seen Sydney, so their offense knows what she has, and is uh, you know has, they've. Sydney was pretty dominant there, but they also figured out a way to score some runs against her and were really scrappy. Um, and on the other hand, UTSA, they haven't seen her, um, but, you know, UTSA has a very potent, powerful offense. So, you know, I, I feel like there's challenges for both. We're just really focusing on what we need to do, um, you know, building on our performance on Sunday against North Texas, um, you know, and, and we'll be ready for either team, whoever it is. I don't know if you remember this. Um, we have a crack research staff uh, this week. You know, when you made that run, you were the four seed as well, so you got to feel pretty good. You're you're the four seed. You're used to that. That's probably your your favorite starting position if we go by history. Well, you know, it worked out well first the the first time it happened, and you know, I honestly think any of the top four seeds in the tournament, you just have a an easier uh, road. You know, and no road is easy to win a conference championship. But if you can get in the top four, it gives you a little bit of an easier road. And so we're, we're you know, really fortunate that it worked out for us that we're, uh, you know, got one of those top four seeds. And, you know, we're, like I said, we're excited to have the opportunity to compete for a championship. It's been our goal all season. It's what we've talked about every single day. It's what we've worked towards. 
Um, so we're we're excited to get the opportunity now. You got the late start. Is that really? You've got the the wait. Also, you've got to wait, but at the same time, you got the one game. Does that really play much into it? Having to wait a long time. Now, keep your team focused. Keep your team ready as they wait. You know, not really. We have gotten used to on the road. Our Friday night games typically are at six o'clock, so we've gotten you know used to having a full day before we compete um, when we've been on the road. So you know, I think we've got our routine that we do on those days. Uh, we'll get a, a little hit around going um, earlier. We'll grab some lunch, come back, regroup, get ready for our warm up little light dinner and then head to the field. So, you know, for us, it's it's not much different than what we have been doing to open up our, our away conference series. Megan Smith-Lyon joining me tomorrow. It gets underway. You're waiting for either FAU or UTSA. And, of course, uh, with these uh, early games, um, these are the must-wins. I mean, they're all must-win, but – yeah, there's a huge emphasis. You got to start off strong, or you know, it's for nothing. Just about. Yeah, I mean, the first game's huge. You know, it's huge. You got to be ready. You got to be locked in. You've got to be um, attack mindset from the beginning. You can't sit back and wait. You got to make things happen in that first game. It's really important. You know, the, the it's to lose your first game just puts you in a hole, and you're just having to dig yourself out of the entire time, and you make it so much more difficult. So, you know, for us, we've got to be locked in and ready uh, to attack in that first inning of the first game. Megan Smith-Lyon joining me. Thundering Hurt honored today with several conference awards. At the same time, getting set for the Conference USA Tournament. Number five, FAU or number eight, UTSA will be the opponent. Other than just being ready to go here, how are you feeling long-term here going into – Hopefully, we're going to see a huge run here. But past Conference USA Tournament, how are you feeling about this uh, team's chances to maybe extend the season a little bit longer? You know, I think we have a great opportunity. Uh, you know, why not us? You know, why not us? We've we've got um, the best pitcher in the conference. Um, you know, she has been dominant all year. She is a competitor. She is a fighter in the circle. With her in the circle, she's going to give us a chance to win every single game. You know, and, and we've got um, four hitters that got all-conference, but we've got some other hitters. Grace Shellam in the lineup could have easily been all-conference. You know, I feel like she has been doing a really good job for us. And, you know, we've got an offense that can put up some, some really uh, good numbers as well. So, you know, I think our team as a whole, um, why not us? You know, we've, we've got, a, like I said, a, a tough pitcher. We've got a great offense. Um, you know, we need to, our defense is probably our weakest area, and um, we have some moments where we're not great. We're inconsistent defensively. But if we can put together um, a few really good days of consistent defense with Sydney doing her thing and our offense stepping up, you know, I, I think we have a legitimate shot to win the conference championship. We have believed it all year. Um, that's, that's what we talk about. This is not anything that we're hoping we win. We, our goal is to win, and it has been that. Um, every single day this entire year. So we're not even talking about at-larges. No, forget that. We're talking about championships. Shut up, Paul, right? That's what you want to say. We're yeah. talking championships. Well, yeah. well I mean, at-large, there's so many more things in play, like an RPI. An RPI. Our RPI is not high enough right now. So for us to go to a, a regional, we're going to have to win the tournament. And, you know, that's, that's definitely um, has been our goal anyway. And, and you know, we are, we're ready. We're ready to compete.
Megan Smith-Lyon joining me. The Thundering Herd getting set for the Conference USA Championship will face off against either the fifth seed FAU or the eight seed UTSA as tomorrow's uh, the beginning. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. How much um, how much funds are going to be, though, to uh, maybe see some records being broken at the same time as you're winning in the Conference USA tournament? Because that's the one thing that I'm sure it's taken a slight back seat to actually winning, but we're kind of keeping an eye on some uh, some records here. You, That's been fun. That's been some of the most fun we've had in a long time, just seeing, okay, how many home runs can the herd hit this season? Yeah, and, you know, I think following Maya um, and her quest to break the career home run record, I mean, that's been something that, as a freshman, when she came in and did what she did, you know, we thought, my goodness, you know, th- this this kid's something special. And, um, you know, I-, I think she can do some record-breaking things here. And this conversation I had with her, I mean, she, you can rewrite history here. And, you know, it's been really fun to watch her progress as a hitter and to kind of see this and you know she doesn't talk about it and we don't talk about it but you know you kind of know it and you just watch her and every home run she hits you know especially this season you know that's that's another one you know it's we're closing in on history here and you know she got a big one Sunday um against North Texas and you know I, I think we're we're thinking that next one's going to come here in the in the next couple of days and that's going to be an exciting moment you know just have having seen her and her progression as as, as a hitter and um, and what she's been able to accomplish, it's, that's going to be a, a pretty cool moment uh, to see her do that. Yeah. And hopefully it, hopefully it happens this weekend. That would be great. Yeah, it would be great. It would be great if it happens the first game and just get it out of the way and then just, just start adding to the total. Is there any, okay, I got to get this, I get the, or is she just so cool right now that, all right, I'm just going to hit, hit whatever happens, it happens. I think that's probably the theme of your team. We got a record here and before us. Great, I'm not worried about that. I'll get it and we'll move on. Uh, it just it, something like this would make a lot of other players maybe a little bit more apprehensive, a little pensive. Uh, I'm not getting that feeling ever from you when you talk about your players. No, I mean I think if if she has any thoughts like that, she certainly doesn't share them, or you can't tell. You know, she's she's in there trying to do her best every single time she steps in the box, and and you know, like I said. Her goal is is the same as our entire team's goal, and it's it's all about us accomplishing great things together. And you know, she um, I, that's her mindset, and that and that's what she exudes when she's out there. She's out there for the team. She's doing her best to to you know have her best at bat to help our team succeed. And you know, if it's a home run, awesome. If it's a double, great. If it's a hit by pitch, great. You know, I think she's willing to do whatever it takes to help us be successful. Coach, thanks for spending some time with us. Uh, good luck. I'm hoping next week when we talk to you, it's about that championship you've won and that trophy because uh, that would be a great way to end uh, your time in Conference USA with that trophy. Well, yeah, I appreciate you having us on. And like I said, we're excited to compete. And I'd go herd. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. That is Megan Smith-Lyon, the Thundering Herd. We'll play the winner of FAU versus UTSA. That is coming up tomorrow, Conference USA Tournament. We will get your phone calls and text in. The text line is open, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-7529. 304-396-7529.
304-396-8255. Our phone line this hour is 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More coming up with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Text line is open. 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. Our phone line is open as well. 877-420-TALK. 877-420-8255. Paul Swan, your host for today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You know, I didn't see this yesterday, but you all remember Harold Gator Hoskins. You, you remember Gator, right? Former Marshall tight end. Spent a year with the Miami Dolphins, Seattle Seahawks. He's got a new job. He was hired yesterday to become the new head coach at his old school, Eastside High School. I think he's going to do okay. He wasn't terrible as a tight end. He wasn't terrible. 99 passes, 1,318 yards, 28 touchdowns. That's not terrible. And he's got a challenge in front of him here. Um, he's coming home to try to fix a team that's gone 3-17 and 17 in the last two seasons. When you go 3-17, and 17, you got to bring someone new in. You got to bring someone new in. Now, that's not an indictment of the previous coach. It's just you got to change things up. And it's so hard to win at any level, especially high school, because high school, you get what you get. Kid shows up, never played football. Maybe you're a small school. You need all the numbers you can get. Okay, you're going to take the kid, try to mold that kid into a football. Shown an interest in football. Maybe it's the first time ever. You know, coach, I kind of like to give this a try. Okay. And you got to balance that like, okay, parents and fans are going to scream at me. They want to win, but I got this young man here who wants to play. What am I going to do? Well, of course, I'm going to coach this young man. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens here. That's why I like high school. There are some good aspects of high school sports that sometimes we get our priorities wrong here. I mean, I, I want to see the local teams all do well, and I want to see the local teams all run the table and win a championship. I want to see it all. But at the same time, not going to happen. And not all of that's on coach. You get the you kids that have never seen a weight room before, and all of a sudden they, they find an interest in football. Maybe they develop an interest in football for the first time. Or coach has gone out and said, hey, look, why don't you come out, see if you like this, and let's see if we can, we can do something here. It's a possibility here. So – Three and seventeen, you got your work cut out for you, Gator. But uh, congratulations there. Um, he was quoted as saying, "My number one priority is turning this program around by instilling a winning culture in these players on the field, in the classroom, and in the community. I'm going to teach them how to play hard and the importance of playing for each other and the East Side community." So he's going to try to build the culture. That's sort of what. We hear Coach Huff talk about, hey, I'm happy with the culture, where it's going. You know, we're changing the culture. You know, and he came in and said, look, it necessarily wasn't bad here. We just, we're going to do some things differently. We're going to change the culture here. And we're going to try. And 
I know it might sound cliche after a while as he says it, closing the gap. It might, you know, it might sound cliche, but that's his mantra. We're trying to close the gap here. So you're going to hear coaches like coaches coach speak. Coaches love coach speak. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying they love coach speak. They have a language. And it's not for me. They're not speaking to me. Not necessarily. Like, Paul, you're not in the equation here. When I say closing the gap, I'm sure Coach would have some suggestions for us here, too. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But he's not talking to me when I'm talking about closing the gap. He's talking to his t- – I mean, maybe he is. Uh, he wants to close the gap with all of us later. He's got his team to get to first. So uh, congratulations again uh, to uh, Gator to um, take over. You know, high school coaching, that's a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty tough job to do. That's a pretty tough job to do. You know what else is a tough job to do? Um, NFL quarterback. That's a tough job. I saw this today and I had to do a double take because I want to make sure I read it correctly. Tom Brady is going to be joining Fox Sports after he retires from the NFL. He will be the lead analyst. It's worth, am I reading this right? Is it $375 million? Is that the correct number I'm reading this right? That's a lot of numbers there. Tom's getting paid. Now, I'm all for broadcasters getting paid. I'm a broadcaster. I work in the profession. I'm all for getting paid. I could could scream to the top of the Capitol building here, the Kindred Capitol building, how much we should get paid. You don't care, but we should get paid. Are you getting that much value out of Tom Brady? Does he bring you that much value? I mean, at a certain point... Okay, now we're getting into the stupid money. I like Tom Brady. I'm not going to watch a game because of Tom Brady. You know why I'm watching? I'm watching the game broadcast that the Bengals are on. Actually, I'm listening to the radio here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm listening to that, and I'm turning the TV audio down. And I'm going to say that every single time. Because one, I gotta listen to um, Dave. I gotta listen to Dan. I gotta listen to the guys. And the fact that every time I talk about the TV broadcast, the boss comes and reminds me I work in radio. So you know, forget, forget I, I said that I, I forget I said that. No, I'm not tuning into a broadcast because of Tom Brady. I mean, I might as a curiosity one time. Like, okay, if it's the only game going on, I'm tuning in. I'll watch it. I'm not choosing the game based on the play-by-play announcer. And there's some really great play-by-play announcers out there, and I enjoy a lot of them, listening to them. I think they do fantastic stuff. But I'm not tuning in necessarily. It's got to be something pretty special. It's got to be a pretty special event. And if it's a pretty big deal to begin with, I'm probably tuning in anyway. But I'm not tuning in. Uh, I was a big Doc Emmerich fan. I didn't tune into a hockey game necessarily to hear Doc. Now, on the flip side, if, say, the Rangers are on and I can listen to the New York call, the MSG call, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take because I want to hear Sam Rosen. But I'm tuning into a specific team to hear a specific call of the game. I'm my guy. Like, if the herd's on and... I'm watching the game on ESPN Plus. 
I'm probably going to turn the volume down. I'm going to tune up you know, Steve Cotton. I'm going to tune in the radio side of things. I'm going to listen to Steve because I want to hear Steve's call. Steve's the announcer for the team that I follow. And for you, he's, he's your voice. He's the voice of the herd. So I'm tuning in. But on a national broadcast, I'm not tuning in necessarily to any announcer. Now, a bad announcer can make me tune out. Let's, let's flip that story for a second. A bad announcer will make me tune out. I will go, I can't listen to this or I can't watch this because I just, I can't, I'm not enjoying the call or the people that are speaking are not prepared. And it's painful and understandably so because there are times where a lot of broadcasters maybe come into a situation not prepared. For whatever reason, I understand you're not going to be on your A game all the time. But at the same time, I will tune out if an announcer doesn't seem like they put some work in. For whatever reason, I'm not saying, hey, you didn't put the work in, you're lazy. I'm saying, you're not, I'm not enjoying it. So, and it pains me too when I'm, I have to sometimes tell people, leave me alone. Just go away. Because I got to prepare. I have to come in and prepare because you have decided to invest some of your time in listening to me. So I've got to make sure that I'm prepared and I have something compelling to say. So yes, a broadcaster can make me tune out. I don't know if a broadcaster necessarily will make me tune in. And I like Tom Brady as a football player, but am I going to like Tom Brady in the booth? I don't know. We'll find out. The playoffs are coming up. We got more action tonight. We'll talk about it. Uh, Yesterday was not fun, by the way. Not fun at all. The maybe soon-to-be Vesna Trophy winner, Igor Shosturkin, did not live up to... Don't taunt. Don't taunt because fans remember that. I'm just saying that right now. Don't taunt because fans remember that. And so the only bad thing about the Penguins right now leading the Rangers is I have annoying Pittsburgh Penguin friends. They were annoying to begin with, and they're Pittsburgh Penguins fans, and so they're even more annoying now. I'm not going to name any names, Doug Smock. I'm not naming any names. I'm not, Doug Smock. Doug's having a good time at my expense on Twitter. Doug's a good guy. But Doug's annoying. I'm just going to say that right now. And it's all in fun. It's all it's all fun. He's, uh, he's pointing out because he's a Penguins fan, and he knows I'm a Rangers fan, so he's having a good time right now. Me, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Have fun. Thanks for thinking of me. We'll talk about what's happening tonight in the NBA and the NBA, NHL, Pirates. All that coming up when we continue with this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Wrapping up the Tuesday edition of The Drive, Paul Swan, your host, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is open, 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. We got baseball action coming up tonight for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Pirates um, did all right. 
16-game losing streak against the Dodgers, and the Pirates get the win. The last time the Pirates beat the Dodgers before last night was back on June 6th, 2018. So, good job for the Pirates. That's coming up tonight. We've got that for you. It's going to be 610 airtime here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. And then we go on the air shortly after noon tomorrow to wrap it up. Catch it all here again, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. NBA and NHL action tonight. The NHL is back with four games. All these series are tied up at two games apiece. Must be nice. Bruins taking on the Hurricanes. That series tied at two. That's a good series so far. Other than the Penguins and the Rangers, it's been pretty solid. And honestly, I saw somewhere where the game on Saturday, Penguins versus Rangers, the ratings were really good. There were a lot of people tuned in. The Canadian teams versus the American team series maybe haven't done so well, but you have a media market like New York. You have a compelling team like New York and Pittsburgh. I think a lot of people are tuning into hockey. We got some good matchups, though. Uh, not a, not to overlook the Lightning and Maple Leafs. That is set at two apiece. Also, Kings and Oilers all tied up, and Blues and Wild all tied up. Now, um, Gretzky rules do apply, so I will be rooting for the Blues tonight, and I will just be an observer between the Kings and the Oilers. Gretzky rules do apply. See, and it's my rule, if Gretzky played for your team, I can root for your team in the playoffs. I have a rooting interest. I have an interest in your team in the playoffs. I have an interest in your team, period, but, you know, the Rangers are designated as primary and only. So I'll be getting swag if, for some reason, the Rangers can pull this out and win the Stanley Cup. I get swag from that team. That's my that's my team. That's, that's my a live and die by team. Everybody else is just rooting interest, passing interest. I'm interested in. So, um, and that's how I do all my sports. I'm not like some of you that, you default to your second, third, fourth team when things go rough for the first team, right? You know, I'm not convenient Kentucky fan. I'm not convenient Ohio State fan. So, in other words, you know, I'm not hanging out in parts unknown in Wayne County. Um, I'm not going to say his, his street address. We all know where Bill Cornwell lives. And I'm not rooting for Kentucky when my team gets bumped out of the NCAA tournament. I, I don't have a I don't have a backup team is what I'm saying here. I don't have a backup team. I just have teams I root for out of interest here. No backup teams whatsoever. Uh, NBA action again. I don't have backup teams here. Um, what do we got tonight coming up on the uh, the NBA? We got some games. I don't think it's all. Here we go. Couldn't find it on my prep sheet. Uh, we got the Warriors tonight taking on the Grizzlies. Celtics and Bucks are tied up two apiece. Uh, Warriors are up 3-1 on the Grizzly. 76ers and Heat, Mavs and Suns tonight. Both series are tied two games apiece. So that's what it looks like tonight. Uh, as far as we're concerned, we got baseball action coming up tonight. 6-10 right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. 
Uh, I don't have rooting interest um, for a particular team to win it. I'm just watching the NBA. I'm more of an observer there because, again, I go with the Lakers and the Knicks. I have rooting interest in both of those teams. Lakers are the ride or die. I'm evaluating my choices in life right now, but the Lakers have been my team through the good times and the bad times, the Lakers. So I know I'm, I'm trying to consolidate. I mean, I got my NHL on the East coast. I got my NBA on the West coast. I got my baseball, like in, you know, middle America here. My football is in Cincinnati. Uh, if Cincinnati had an NBA team, my life would be set. Uh, if Cincinnati had an NHL team, my life would be set. The, the Cyclones are the best I can offer. Um, and yes, I am that guy that will root for the Cyclones over the Wheeling Nailers. Every other, hey, Nailers for every other game except the Cyclones. Every other team that the Wheeling Nailers play, I'll pull for the Nailers, except when they play the Cyclones. Because I was a Cyclones fan first. I was a Cincinnati Cyclones fan first when it came in, you know, minor league hockey and it's glory. And that is my story and I'm sticking to it. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you being here. We'll do this again tomorrow on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Uh, coming up on Thursday, as a reminder, uh, we're going to kind of uh, pick the brain of a Huntington City Council person. My friend Holly Mount Smith is joining me. She's coming up on Thursday. I got to, I got to do this uh, efficiently because she's, she's making sure that she's being a good parent as well. She's got the soccer thing coming up after the show. So hopefully she takes a radio and they're all over at the soccer field listening to her before it begins. That's going to be my advice. And you'll have a parent say, come on, come on, wrap that up. Or she might gavel. She might, as the chairperson, she might gavel it. We'll find out. Thanks for tuning in. ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. West Virginia Metro News, I'm Alex Thomas. A busy day for West Virginia's election.